0: for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary visits Elizabeth. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful to the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home.
1: Well, uh, thanks for that, Diane. Yeah, just another, remember that we will have a Q&A after the sermon, so save up all those questions, there'll be a great chance. And a quick uh, quick hello to especially, I know Joy and Anne, you're watching in live, how good is it to have a... Uh, live stream going out so that even though they can't be with us, there's a whole bunch of people who can tune in and be uh, yeah, uh, joining in with our church family at the same time. Well, uh, as we go through life, uh, part of what happens in humanity is that we, we just get used to things, something special and new for a while. Uh, it's extraordinary. And then over a period of time, it becomes ordinary. I, I can still remember I don't know if it was the first time I ever hatched chickens, but it must've been pretty early on. Uh, And I had an incubator and had a little clear window and I was glued to that window for days. Just fascinated, I don't know if you realise that chicks actually have a little lump on the end of their beaks, specifically designed to, to crack the egg all the way around from the inside out so they can get out. And I'd watch and you'd watch the egg sort of crack all the way around and then slowly open up and out would pop a chick, it was fascinating. Uh, but i've I've uh, hatched a lot of chickens in my days, uh, and after a few hundred or maybe thousand, uh, it, it just loses its shine. this This incredible thing that was extraordinary is just, Oh yeah, look, there's another twenty chicks there this morning. whoop de doo just just the normal thing. Or newborn lambs. Uh, when you, you you get some sheep, I'm sure you've all ex- experienced this. You know, your first lot of sheep, and they have their lambs the first time. You think, oh, I'm a real farmer. Finally, it's so exciting. Uh, and then it just over time becomes a, a percentage, a winning percentage. Oh, good, we've got we're 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 up to this a number of lambs again. Is isn't that good? Uh, even things like having puppies. Who would have thought you could get a bit of ho-hum about having puppies in your home? Uh, but but after we've had a couple of litters of puppies, and the first ones are so exciting. This last litter of puppies we 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 had, we came down in the morning and they were born. You know, Lucy's usually up through the night delivering them. It's all very special. Uh, and then, oh, look at that, Luna's had some puppies. And yeah, it's special. But it this extraordinary thing becomes very ordinary just because we're used to it. I wonder if that happens with midwives. I've never been a midwife. I've been to four births, uh, my children, but uh, day in, day out, delivering babies. I wonder if there's days or weeks or years where it just becomes, oh, well, just, just another baby. Uh, it doesn't matter that this little human came out of another human and didn't exist nine months ago and now exists. Mind-blowing, amazing, extraordinary. And then, well, there's, one born every minute, isn't there a show like that? It's just ju- just normal, just ordinary. I-, I wonder if sometimes those midwives go, oh, well, just just another baby, w- whatever. Uh, can you imagine if there's a midwife delivering, say, the new Prince of England, you know, Kate's first baby, uh, and she's had a long shift. She's been a midwife for 50 years or so, and uh, this baby's born and she hands it to the mum and it's just like, oh, she's got an expression like that, you know, uh, just another baby. Look, here you go. I got to get home. I need a cup of tea. Uh, whatever, another baby. Uh, can, can you imagine how you'd be missing out if that was your attitude, wouldn't you? Because wouldn't it be special to be there to recognize, wow, this is the, the future monarch of our country. Uh, the new king has just been born and I got to be part of it. But there would be a danger, I would think, that it would just get so ordinary that the the specialness the joy was stripped stripped out of it wouldn't it be sad if that was the case if a midwife was just so used to it that she missed out on the joy well i reckon there's a real danger for christians that we can have an experience like that that we can be so used to reading these accounts like diane just read for us that we can actually miss out on feeling some of the joy just oh yeah yeah whatever angel gabriel mary yep jesus tick 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 and and somehow we just go on. Oh, I wonder what the young adults cook for dinner. Yeah, and that's that's what we're thinking about. No, because we've forgotten the joy because it just seems a little bit normal. There's a real danger, I think, in church communities that we can be serving one another, that we can be growing in our knowledge, that we can be caring and loving for one another. And it all just becomes a bit stale, just going through the motions that we feel like we're missing something. See, this good news of Jesus really is extraordinary. Uh, and as we dip into Luke chapter 1 today, whether for the first time or the thousandth time, my prayer is that we will be able to see anew just how extraordinary this is, that we'll kind of wake up from our slumber and, and, and get a little bit of this, this real joy. So as we work through, we're going to see amazing things through here, uh, this announcement of Jesus' birth, God made flesh, But we're going to see that Jesus, his birth isn't spectacular, but a humbling experience. Uh, We're going to ask as we look into Mary's character a little bit, uh, what what are your credentials to serve a king? What what reference do you have to have to be the mother of the Lord? Uh, And we're going to think about feeding joy, not not feeding joy who's in hospital and needs some food, but how, how do we feed joy in ourselves? So that's where we're heading today. But first of all, This this incredible thing, this extraordinary thing of God being made flesh. Diane just read to us that, uh, you know, Elizabeth, she's six months along in her pregnancy, and that that should be our first wow moment. Remember, uh, Zechariah was very politically correct. He didn't say his wife was old. She said he was well along in years, uh, but far too old to be having babies. And yet here she is, six months into her pregnancy. and, And the angel Gabriel comes to Mary. Uh, she's a virgin. She's engaged, but she's not married yet. And he greets her, and Mary, understandably, is a little bit troubled at this greeting. And isn't that a funny little phrase? She she wondered what kind of greeting this is. Uh, yeah, How would you feel if an angel pops up and says hello, and you go, oh, "What what kind of greeting is this?" Yeah, she's she's a little bit. She's troubled. She goes, "Wow, wh- what's going on here? I'm getting greeted by an angel, but what what is happening?" The angel says, as angels often say when, when confronting humans, don't be afraid. Uh, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I reckon anyone meeting an angel and hearing this would be just blown away. Uh, even if you knew nothing about the Bible, nothing about the Old Testament, if an angel pops up in your lounge room, uh, says, hey, I know you're not married, I know you're a virgin, but you're going to have a baby, uh, and and says all this about him, you're going to be a bit blown away. But we've got to remember, Mary's not just an average girl, she's a young Jewish girl. And we'll see in her kind of poem or song, she knows her Old Testament really well. She's been saturated in the Old Testament, the Torah, that was their Jewish scriptures. And when she hears this statement from the angel, all her Old Testament alarm bells would have been going off. There's so much in here and she'd be going, wow, this sounds very familiar. I've heard these promises before. I've heard these phrases before because this statement is loaded. It's not just, oh, he'll be a great baby. No, no, this is loaded. This statement from Gabriel, it, it's mashing promises and quotes and inferences from all over the Old Testament into this spectacular announcement. Promises like the promise from uh, we find in 2 Samuel 7, where uh, God is promising to King David, uh, one day a king will come from your family, uh, an almighty king, and his reign will never end. Or maybe she's remembering the promises from Daniel chapter 2, where God reveals that he will establish an eternal kingdom that will start small but will grow to fill the whole earth and will never end. See, these words to any Jew would have flashed off all those Old Testament alarm bells. They would have heard them ringing in their ears and they would know that this baby is the promised king the one that all the Jewish people have been longing for for centuries. The Messiah, the saving king who God promised one day will come to save his people. And it would be amazing if it stopped there. But it's that, but wait, there's more because Gabriel's not finished with Mary now because this baby is going to be more than just a prophet, more than even a great human king to save God's people. Have a look what Gabriel says as Mary kind of raises some very practical questions. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you uh, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Now, there's a bit going on here, isn't there? If you need to understand the normal way babies are made, there's a great book on the church bookstall, The Birds and the Bees. I can thoroughly recommend it. Uh, Seriously, if you've got kids and you're thinking about explaining this stuff to them, we've got some great books out there by Patricia Ririkun. But it really is fundamentally a problem, isn't it? Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth had a problem. They're old, they're elderly, they've been trying to conceive their whole life and they can't have a baby, but it still feels... In the realms of possibility. Mary is a virgin. She's never been with a man. That You can't have a baby that way. That's not how it works. But, but more than that, in, in Gabriel's answer, it brings into mind a whole another set of Old Testament promises. He's not just assuring Mary of the pragmatics of how this baby's going to come to be. Uh, he, he's referring back to a whole set of Old Testament promises uh, that promise that this, this promised one to come, the saving king, will be more than just another human to save God's people. He's going to be more than just another prophet. Uh, I think Mary would have heard in these promises from Gabriel, passages like Ezekiel 34, where God is speaking to the leaders of Israel, particularly the priests, he's critiquing them. Uh, he's saying, you've been, he calls them shepherds, you've been bad shepherds. You haven't done your job. But I'll just read a few verses from there because this is where God talks about, well, let's read it. Ezekiel 34, 11. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he's with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from their countries. And I will bring them to their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements of the land. Um, It's just uh, incredible to see what he's saying there, uh, what what, what we're looking at. Uh, God is making these promises in Ezekiel that one day, yes, he'll send a good shepherd, a true shepherd, to do what all the other Israelite leaders didn't do. But he's saying more than that. He's saying, I'm not going to send someone the same way I have before as I've sent prophets and priests and kings. He's saying, I myself will come. I myself will come to do this job. I reckon Mary would have heard in the promises that this baby is not going to be fathered by humans. She would have remembered that promise from Malachi 3, where God says, I will send my messenger. He's talking about John the Baptist here, who will prepare the way before me. It's God who's going to be coming. I think she would have remembered probably Isaiah 7. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, that word Emmanuel, it's a name and it means God with us. The virgin will conceive and give birth and her baby will be God with us. Not someone sent by God, God with us. What we're seeing in this announcement from Gabriel is God himself coming to save. God himself, the eternal ruler and creator of the universe, clothed in flesh. Now, how would you imagine God would arrive if God was going to go, okay, we've never done this before. I'm coming as a human to the world, going to live a human life Well, if you watch the uh, Marvel movies, superhero movies, you may or may not, uh, but every time uh, someone significant arrives, especially if they're extraterrestrial or some sort of god, they arrive like kind of Thor does with uh, lightning and power. You don't miss it. Uh, And so kind of our culture is telling us when someone significant arrives, this is how they arrive. They arrive on a rainbow and, and nobody can miss it. But that's not how this story unfolds, is it? That's not what the Bible shows us. See, these are huge announcements. But who are they made to? Well, they're made to a couple of women and privately. Mary's not in the centre of the square. Mary and Elizabeth, they're cheering and dancing and singing together. But Rob was saying this week, I reckon their neighbours were thinking they're a bit nutty. (laughs) What's going on there? What what are they singing about? What are they dancing about? They don't know what's going on. Uh, What we find in this announcement is the revelation that Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, will actually be humbled to humanity. Even compared to last week, the announcement that John the Baptist was going to be born, uh, that, that was a pretty big deal, wasn't it? It happened at the temple where there were crowds of people outside praying. It was given to a priest And there was a sign to go along with it. He he couldn't speak. Zechariah was silent for the full length of his wife's pregnancy. That that was a pretty big announcement. And you compare that to Jesus' announcement, the greater announcement. He's greater than John, but his announcement is much lesser, much more humble, uh, just to a a girl, Mary, no temple in the backwaters. Uh, And that sets the pattern for Jesus' life and ministry. It's not big and flashy and powerful and showy in the normal ways that you would expect God to arrive, but it's full of humility. Uh, In Philippians chapter 2, Paul describes it like this. He's speaking to Christians, to the church in Philippi, and he says, Look, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed. But he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness, and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That was the pattern and nature of Jesus' ministry. Not one of bright, shining rule of having people serve him, but one of humbly coming to serve a understated ministry in a kind of forgotten corner of the world wandering around but it says that in the book of hebrews that it was this was entirely necessary that jesus was humbled to humanity uh, it was entirely necessary that jesus shared our humanity that he was made in every way like us fully human that he suffered in the same way that we suffer. It it was necessary that he was humbled from being eternally divine, retaining that, but becoming fully human in every way, necessary so that by his death, he might break the power of the devil over us so that he might atone for our sins, that he might be able to pay for our sins, take our punishment and so that he might be able to help us when we're tempted because he was fully human and tempted in every way. It really is an extraordinary announcement that comes to Mary that God, the eternal creator of the universe, is going to be born as a baby in her womb, that this God will be humbled, humbled to humanity, will take the form of a servant absolutely extraordinary and it makes me ask well how how special would you have to be to get that gig (laughs) Uh, to be the one to give birth to god that's that's what's happening here How, how special does mary have to be to be selected to be chosen what kind of credentials do you need to serve a king in this way see the angel gabriel when he comes to mary he says this he says look mary you have found favour with God. And some people, when they read that phrase, that Mary found favour with God, they, they go in a very specific direction with that and start extrapolating and say, well, that must mean that Mary is holy, that she's sinless, that she is righteous, that she's some kind of super Christian before there were Christians, that she's she's this amazing Holy woman. But let's have a look at what the Bible says about Mary and about the credentials you need to serve this king. Look what Mary says in verse 38. So she'll she'll talk about herself first. She says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down to a town in the hill country of Judea. Where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. See, what does the Bible focus on about Mary here? What does Mary focus on? What does Elizabeth, when she's filled with the Spirit, focus on about Mary? Well, it's not on how great and good and holy Mary is. It's on how good God is. Again and again, that phrase comes up, blessed, blessed, blessed. Do you have to be a good person to be blessed by God? No. No. Do you have to be particularly righteous or holy or sinless to be described as blessed by God? No. Being blessed by God is all about God who does the blessing. It's something that isn't intrinsic in and of yourself. It's something that's been kind of showered down on you. Mary is not given birth to Jesus because in some way she's intrinsically blessed. She is described as blessed because this thing has happened to her. Because God has blessed her. The focus isn't on Mary, it's, it's on God. Uh, in fact, far from being perfect, Mary, Mary got it wrong sometimes. Uh, parents here, anyone remember that time when Mary lost her kid in Jerusalem for a day? You remember that time? I don't think you describe that as a perfect parent. They were on their way home, a day's travel gone before she realised she was missing Jesus. She'd lost the Lord. You know, she, she gets it wrong sometimes. Now, that's kind of a little bit funny, but Mary got it wrong in a much bigger way later on in the Gospels. Uh, it's recorded in Mark chapter 3 and Luke chapter 8. And, uh, I think it's over in Matthew 12 as well, where Jesus is just kicking off his ministry Uh, The crowds are growing. He's so busy that there's there's not even, well, have have a look there, Mark 3. It says there's so many people that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. And I'm picturing Mary, the mum, my boy is not eating. I need to do something about this. What does it say? When his family heard about this, They went to take charge of him, for they said he's out of his mind. Luke 8 explicitly says it was Mary and Jesus' brothers. Mary wasn't holy and sinless and righteous and perfect in every way. She was just like us. She got it wrong sometimes. This is the same Mary who got visited by an angel. She knew that this baby, Jesus, was not conceived by Joseph. She'd never been with a man, not till after Jesus was born. And yet still she had that doubt. She thought, I've got to take charge of Jesus. She doesn't get it right all the time. Mary's not holy. Was it because of Mary that these things happened to her? Did God look down on all the earth and say, Mary, whoa, she's so good. I've got to do something for her. No. No. The credentials to serve she has, well, I think we find them in verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She's willing and she trusts God. Uh, Elizabeth makes that explicit. Verse 45, Elizabeth said, blessed is she, Mary, who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That's, That's what Mary does. She has faith. She trusts that God can do what he promises. And she says, hey, God, yes, I I will do this. In home group this week, we're thinking about the contrast between Elizabeth and Mary at this point. Because for Elizabeth, she's been longing her whole life for a baby, hasn't she? Uh, Her her statement at the end ends with uh, praise to the Lord for he has taken away my shame. Now, what happens to Mary in a Jewish town when she's not married and she starts showing a baby bump? She doesn't have her shame taken away. What what a a shameful thing to happen. This this isn't what a young Jewish girl longs for and prays for, a pregnancy outside of wedlock. This isn't going to be an easy road for Mary, Not, not, not in any way. First, she has a pregnancy before she's married. Then the whole birth and the travel and everything, she watches her son grow, travel around. She wonders whether he's gone mad for a time and eventually watches him crucified, taking the sins of the world. This this is not an easy road for Mary. And maybe she has a glimpse of that at this stage, definitely the shame of an unplanned pregnancy. And yet she says, may what you have said be done I'm willing and I believe we also see in her song as she sings her humility that's what comes up again and again as she praises God she says God you've kept in mind the humble state of your servant she says I'm not special she says you've got mercy I, I fear you she describes herself as humble. She says to all of people, hey, if you're humble, if you trust God, he will use you. He will use you. See, sometimes when we're serving or we see jobs that need doing for God, we can think, well, how are we going to do that? Maybe you thought that as we put up that sign, you know, the, uh, the map. Crikey, Liam, we've already got 25,000 people here to reach. Why? Why are we looking to do more? How can we do that? We're not a big church like one of those other churches. How can we do that? Well, God says, what what credentials do you need to serve? Let's trust him. Let's be willing. Let's be humble. Let's seek to do what we can. Because God does extraordinary things through very ordinary people. And as we move on into kind of our application today, I think we need to spend some really intense uh, and intentional time thinking about how we can feed the joy in our lives, how we can feed that joy. Because I think this is a particular risk for, I guess, evangelicals, people who love the Bible. We love learning. We love knowing things. We love serving people, one another. We love reaching out with the good news of Jesus. And sometimes we can get so busy doing that, that the learning that we're doing can kind of slip into feeling not very joyful. I think that's a danger and we've got to watch how, how are we going to guard against that? How are we going to guard against that? Because they're all good things to do. We're commanded to soak in God's word to learn. We're commanded to reach out with the good news is to serve one another. But how are we going to feed joy? Because that's what we see in Mary and Elizabeth, isn't, isn't it? Uh, verse 42, when, uh, when Elizabeth meets Mary, when she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Blessed are you, among women. Blessed is the child you bear. And you can, you can see her rejoicing, Elizabeth. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my room leaped for joy. Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises. And Mary responds with joy. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. And then she she goes on with this, this poem or song. I don't know if you've noticed how we respond to music, that we respond to good songs. God's actually designed us that way. Uh, I say this regularly, but if you wonder uh, what music does to so you, just, just try and watch a movie without a soundtrack, uh, and you really won't feel very much at all, uh, because music, it, it gets to us. God has designed us that way. Now, that can be misused. Music can be made to make you feel all sorts of things at all sorts of different times, but when it's combined well with good truths that God gives us, it's really powerful to coach our emotions to reawaken what we should be feeling about these incredible truths, to help us guard against the fact when we read something extraordinary and we read it just again because we've read it so many times, to help us realize and feel that this is extraordinary. When was the last time you burst into song as you're in your Bible reading time? Uh, It hasn't happened to me very recently. Uh, Should we? Or is this something we need to think about? that we need to do intentionally. I think the Bible shows us that we're going to work at this, that it won't just come automatically, that we shouldn't feel bad if you're not the kind of person who bursts into spontaneous song when you're reading a Bible. That's okay. Have a look at the instruction in Ephesians 4, uh, where Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus. He says, don't get drunk on wine. He says, get drunk on something far better. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And interestingly, that word's the same. Don't be filled with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. And what does that look like? What should we intentionally do? Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't say this is going to happen naturally or automatically to everyone. We're we're all made differently. But this this is good things to do. God has designed us to respond to his wonder and good Christian music is a great way to do that. So I'm going to make our application for today is listen to some good Christian music. Now, I'm not going to give you a list of authorised songs and all that sort of stuff. There's not a hymn book with the good ones uh, and we've excluded, but you use your discernment, listen to the words, say, hey, are these biblical, are these true, are these guiding me to what the Bible says? And find ones that bring you joy, that help you go, wow, that awaken that wonder and joy that this truth that I've read so many times that now I'm singing, I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling this is extraordinary I'm feeling some of the joy use your chosen app or YouTube or whatever you need to if you can sing sing outside you don't even need a need an app go for it but as we go about doing all the things we do as a church as we go about caring for one another as we go about growing in knowledge maturity in Christ as we go about reaching out in mission as we go about serving and signing up to serve all the more, let's not neglect this one, the finding joy in the Lord and putting effort into this because we will be rewarded as we do. Uh, I'm going to pray now and we're going to have question time and then we're going to put that into practice. But please join me. Let's pray. Father God, uh, for many of us, we have read this account many times. Uh, many of us have even dressed up as Gabriel or Mary in a uh, kids concert at some point. And that can make this all feel very normal, but it's not. And we pray that you would help us to see the extraordinary thing that you have done to save your people. Please help us to see and to understand that it was no small thing for you to come and save your people but you went to great lengths. You were clothed in flesh. You were humbled to humanity. And we pray as we think about how we might serve you, that we would find joy and delight in this, joy like Mary and Elizabeth did. Please help us to spark that joy in one another, to to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. And we pray that as we do that, we will delight in your truths that we will feel these truths that we believe uh, that they'll awaken us and drive us on to love and serve you all the more and we thank you for that in jesus name amen we will have a quick question time so you can text it in if you'd like to be anonymous or you're watching online or otherwise stick up your hand rob will get a mic to you
2: Uh, apparently one of the legacies of me going on long service leave is that Liam changed his number so that you'd send the wrong oh. person texts. <laughs> whoops. So he's trying to avoid uh, answering questions. That. It should be a 0423.
1: Rowan, do you want to... So that? someone's got a whole bunch of great questions. <laughs> uh, so, so, whoops. Arby's got his hand up. Um, can it to and then Richard after Arby. Arby first. Thanks, Rob.
2: Uh, I think that's Ben. They look very
1: similar. <laughs> oh, no, they both got there. The... the the Armenian sector. That's all right. The Armenian sector. For, forgive me. I've, I've looked this up before, and I forget the answer myself. Uh, you, you mentioned the Isaiah seven fourteen uh, passage, prophesying
2: that you mm. will be called uh, Emmanuel, which means God with us. That the Gabriel told her to call him Jesus. Yes. So Yeshua or Emmanuel—they're different names. Like, how does that fulfill the prophecy? Yeah. Like how does that work?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Arby. So, in the different—it's one of the beauties of having a, a variety of gospels. So, each of the gospel writers—they don't contradict each other, but they record different things. Um, so, I can't remember. What, one of the one of the synoptics, one of the others talk talk about what Jesus will be known as, uh, and one of those is Emmanuel. So, he will be called. Um, so Jesus was known as the Messiah, as Emmanuel, as a whole bunch of different names, which were his kind of titles to show what he was. I don't think that meant Mary, you know, went, okay, it's Tuesday, it's Emmanuel day, you know, but Wednesday to Friday, we'll call you Jesus and uh, shift through. So I think that was more title. Uh, so especially that Emmanuel words being so significant as God with us, not so much his, his name, but here's his kind of title, who who he will be rather than his name. Yep. Thanks, Alve.
2: Ben. Hey Liam. Uh, comment and a question. The comment is if no one needs some good music to listen to during the week. Remember we 997. Hey, so, uh, thank holiday. you. Little little plug there. No, the, the question was, uh, just in regards to Gabriel speaking to Mary and then both Mary and Elizabeth's comments, I'm just conscious that most of it seems to be fairly Jewish in flavor. Like mm. even the the language about him being a, a lord or a ruler is very much kind of drenched in Old Testament. We can obviously read back into that as, you know, Gentiles and see that it was for all mankind. Um, do you have any idea like how a Jew would react to these statements? Because at, at this point, they're looking for the Messiah yeah. um, and there's nothing sort of going, here's a foreign Messiah that you weren't expecting. It mm. seems to be fairly you know, properly Jewish yep. in that sense, um, how should we be interpreting these verses, I guess?
1: Yeah, okay. So, you're asking particularly, yeah, so for Jews, would they have been seeing the, the gospel going to all the nations in these or are you not, not being that pointed?
2: Yeah, not necessarily. I'm just wondering, like, if a Jew was to read this, yeah. I wonder if they would be like, yeah, that's fine, um, if they accepted that he's the Messiah, yes, obviously. Yep. But there's nothing to... Nothing contrary that I can see in there to what a Jew would have been expecting of the Messiah. No, no. Uh,
1: yeah, thank, thanks, Ben. That's really helpful. And, and the other thing you've you picked up there is, is Mary's song. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, it's saturated in Old Testament. We, we were discussing it are like, oh, oh, was Mary literate? Did she know, you know? She's a young Jewish girl. Did she know her Torah? Read her song. This is a beautiful piece of literature, and it's just stitched together from verse after verse after verse after verse from the Old Testament, uh, from the promises. So she she knows her Torah, and you've nailed it. Uh, for us reading this, we we read and go, "Wow, that's that's a pretty special song." A Jew would have read this and gone, "Wow, you have just stitched together all the promises to our people." Um, so I don't think there's anything here that, at the time, a Jew who who accepted Jesus with the Messiah would have gone, "Hey, that's that's a, that's a bit different." Uh, as as Jesus' uh, mission to the whole world opened up, and we'll see that kind of unfold. That's actually one of Luke's uh, priorities as he works through. Luke's a Gentile, he's not a Jew. And and we see through the way he argues, he's actually trying to assure Gentiles, hey, guys, you might be feeling a bit left out. You might be wondering whether you really do belong to God's people. Uh, but that's an unfolding message for Luke as he goes through that he's, he's trying to emphasize that. Yeah, but great pick up and richard and we might go sue then richard to save rob's legs Uh, uh, while we're getting over there i've had a text question come in so someone's got my right number that's helpful um so when elizabeth was prophesying in verses sorry was elizabeth prophesying in verses 42 plus or had mary already told her the news um now great question i think what the bible says it, it seems to be elizabeth was prophesying she says she's filled with the holy spirit uh, and she says, "As soon as I heard your voice, and just before we've told that Mary greeted her, so it looks like uh, I don't know what Elizabeth's doing. If you're a six-month pregnant elderly woman, what are you doing? I reckon you're lying down. Yeah, you, know, you found a cool spot, and you're having a you're having a breath. And she's heard Elizabeth, and and what's happened? Oh, the baby's leapt in her womb. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. She cries out. I, I reckon this is this is prophecy. This is this is God revealing to Elizabeth very clearly what's happening, and that." that collaborates with what Mary was told. So that's that's my take on that one. Sue.
0: The Bible, the Bible doesn't tell us about the Trinity as a being. So how do you pull together God saying, I will come, I will come, I will come, and then here's Jesus?
1: Mm. Yeah, very good. So... Yeah, Old Testament uh, doesn't reveal the Trinity as clearly as the New Testament, but it's there we see, even in Genesis, where God's speaking about creation, he says, let us make man in our image. Well, who's he talking? He's not talking to the angels because they've got a different image. Let us. And talks about the spirit of God doing this and God doing that. So there's, there's hints in the Old Testament about the triune nature of God. It becomes more explicit. I think that's where a Jew... Would have started to go. Wow! This is how do I wrap my head around this? That God Himself is is here yet. God the Father has sent God Himself. Yeah. So I think in that that's where we're we're seeing the unfolding of the teaching about God, Jesus being God's Son, Son of the Most High. That that relational nature between them. So does that start to answer the question? Yeah. It's probably helpful to recognise that Jesus explains it a bit better later as well. Yes, yes, so we'll, we'll come to that one. A simple one. I go along 100% with the 110% with the fact that good hymns with good words put into our minds what we can't fathom ourselves. Mm. I wonder why we've given up singing in our home groups, which we used to do mm. for so long. Uh, great question, Richard. So there's a challenge, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So I think, I think it's partially a lost art. Uh, so I've noticed even in my short lifetime, uh, school choirs have gone out and school dance groups have gone in. So we're, you know, if you're over 50, you probably were taught to sing in a more formal way through your upbringing, through your childhood. If you're under, if you're my age, that probably wasn't part. So we're not coached and taught to sing in that same way, and I think that's that's part of it. so yeah, maybe that's something we need to uh resurrect and think how we can do that really well. i, I i'll I'll listen in and see how worried it sounds so yeah I think we do have to work out culturally, we've got to make sure that we look after the people who are in our groups. so some people might find that a little bit awkward that we go, well how do we how do we do this in a way that it's encouraging, you know. Uh, maybe a lot of you, if I just walked up to you and, in the street and started singing a psalm to you in, in encouragement, now that might be uh, not so encouraging. So we, we've got to think about how to do it in encouragement. Um, two more text questions and we'll stop there. Uh, first one uh, Could uh, is, is, could Mary's uh, talk about her humbleness uh, be about her state in society uh, or is it um, that jesus didn 't arrive with glorious thunder i I think yeah, I think it 's intentional mary's saying hey i 'm not a i 'm not a ruler 's daughter i 'm not from a, a a royal family i 'm a humble person, so I think absolutely um, and and perhaps the humble influence this would have in jesus upbringing quite quite possibly that uh, I, I find it encouraging jesus wasn 't raised with all the bells and whistles he wasn 't like out of Aladdin uh, in a palace. Uh, he was raised in a small Jewish town with poor parents at some point his mum looks like became a widow uh, he, he went through real life uh, I think that's a real really good one uh, the other question is just just a small question how come Mary wasn't stoned to death because she was pregnant outside of marriage which was one of the Old Testament Jewish Jewish laws that if 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 people were called in adu- caught in adultery that 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 was the punishment Um The Bible doesn't tell us why, beyond God made sure it didn't happen. Um, It does seem at the time a lot of Jewish laws weren't being followed. And we've got to remember the Jews were actually under Roman rule at that time. Um, So the Jews were quite often uh, held back from doing a a public stoning because they were scared that the Romans would get them in trouble because they were, Overstepping their authority, so that that may have been part of it. Alan, did you have something there, or was that unrelated? Yeah. So Joseph was ex- instructed. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, there's something going on there. So Joseph's, Joseph, Joseph, uh, you have to get a divorce from an engagement in those days. So if you are betrothed, you'd actually have to be divorced from your betrothal. And Joseph was a really godly guy and thought, no, no, I'll just divorce her quietly. No marriage, just divorce her quietly. Um, but he was instructed to marry her anyway. Um, so maybe that that was part of it, that because Joseph accepted her and they were married, that bypassed those other laws. But um, you yeah, know, that's a big one. But I'm going to bring it back now. So Musos, why don't you wander up while, uh, while we're kind of settling it back in? Because this is, this is pretty amazing stuff. Even the title of this song, God is for us. Well, we sing this pretty regularly. Oh, yeah, God's for us. That's extraordinary. How can God be for us? We're sinners. I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against God. I had a sin debt that I couldn't pay, and yet God's for us. Well, let's praise and sing these amazing words now together.